Man, I pray today is a day, every time we come together, I pray when you leave here that you are so full of the blessings of the Lord that you're just like, man, I can't wait to get back next time. And I, I really do pray that. But you know what? You've got to fill up on your own as you go through the week, too. It's not just a one-time deal. You know, we have an opportunity on Tuesday to go deeper in our Bible study. And we want to come together corporately today uh, to worship the Lord. But you can do that, and we encourage you to do that each and every day. Um, because God has entrusted us with a great, great gift. Amen? All right, I want to hear some talking today. We, we're, we're going to go all team sport here, right? Amen? Amen. Good, good. Well, as I was looking this week... Lord really put this on my heart, and it says, um, you know, God gives us each very special abilities and expects us to be faithful in using them regardless, amen? God has blessed each of us differently, uh, and that's the uniqueness of God. And, and, you know, when we come together, we can use all those things for strength in the Lord. And I said, you know, a lot of times we want to hide our gifts, you know, but we're to invest them in the things of the kingdom. Amen. We're to invest them. Well, you know, maybe it's, it's a lot of times when people think of investing, a lot of times they think of money. Well, that, that could be, that could be if God's blessed you, then pass it on. But it's, it's so many other things. I mean, you can be praying, you could be, you know, encouraging people, you can be serving. So don't, don't, don't just uh, limit God because he's unlimited. Amen. And he wants to work in you in that capacity. So there's no getting around the fact that we're responsible for what we've been given. Amen. So this is really setting the stage for what we got. We're going to be in your Bibles today in Matthew chapter 25. And I'm going to do a little bit of reading. But as we take a look at the parable of the three servants, it comes, becomes really clear that God has entrusted us with a great deal. Amen. And I said the story talks about talents. And in this translation talks about talents of silver. Okay, And I did a little research on that and just give you something to think about that. It said one talent of silver in their day was equivalent to approximately 20 years worth of the average wage. I want you to think about it. 20 years worth of the average wage. One talent. So that would put us at two talents would be 40 years worth of the regular wage. 40 years worth of that. And then we get to five would of course be... Uh, 100 years worth of wages. Now, I want you to get your mind around that for a minute. Can you just visualize that? Having a 100 years worth of your annual pay. 100 years worth of that in your hand. Anybody picturing that? Man, I, I'm waiting to hear the boats going, doo, doo, everything in the background. Well, you know, that's pretty amazing. But what God has equipped us with and what God has entrusted us with is so much more than that. Amen. And I want to take a little time today to read through uh, what God has for us today. But I want you to insert yourself in this story. I say that about every week as we go through there and think about what God's given you. Now, I want to tell you a lot of times when we're looking, we look to what she has or what he has and say, well, my gift doesn't seem to look like theirs or doesn't seem to measure up to hers back there or whatever. But I want to tell you what, whatever God has blessed you with, when we, we lay it at the feet of Jesus, he will multiply that. Amen. So let's take a little time. I'll get Tim to follow along as I read. If you got your Bibles with you, uh, we're going to start in uh, Matthew chapter 25 at verse 14. But I'm going to go along. I call it a preaching and a teaching. I'm going to read a little bit and then kind of unpack it a little bit. So here we go. It says, again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. Then he left for his trip. God knows exactly what he can trust you with. Amen. And a lot of times, like I said, we look at what somebody else has got. But you know what? We need to, to worry about what we have. 
We need to be focusing on what we have because God will grow that in your life as you're faithful with it. Amen. Uh, let's keep on going. He knows it. He, we, I guess what I wrote down here, I said, we each need to rent, run our own race. Amen. We each need to run our own race. So back at four, uh, 16, the servant who had received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earn five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. I believe many believers today do that very same thing with their gift. They just, they just tuck it under the chair. They don't share it. They think, oh, that won't make a difference. But I'm going to tell you, everybody is a difference maker. Amen. God made you uniquely and for a time such as this. You weren't born here by accident. You're not in this room here by accident. Amen. This message today is for each one of us. It might uh, pierce your heart a little different than it does hers and his, but I'm going to tell you, when we're preaching the Word of God, God is going to take and His Holy Spirit is going to illuminate it in your life to where we need to make course corrections or grow or stretch or just be obedient to, to what God has for us. Amen? So let's keep on going. After a long time, their master returned from his trip and called, called to them uh, to give account of how they had used his money. Mm. The servant to whom he had entrusted five bags of silver, came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest, and I have earned five more. We're all going to give account to what God's given us. Amen? Now, please don't, don't think about mixed up on works or anything, but God's entrusted us with the message of Jesus Christ. Amen? And I know, for me, I'd like to hear, well done, good and faithful servant, on sharing the gospel. Amen? So just keep that in mind. Let's keep on rolling. Tim, you up with me, buddy? Thank you very much. All right. Now, verse 21. It says, the master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. How many want to hear that when they meet the Lord face to face? Amen. Amen. Well, let's keep on rolling. You have been faithful in handling my small amount. See, that servant, that, that master thought that was a small amount. To me and you, that's a big amount. He said, that's, that's nothing compared to what I got. Think about this. Think about what God has entrusted you with as we go through this. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Verse 22, the servant who had received the two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest, and I have earned two more. The master said, well done, good and faithful servant. I want to notice something. He didn't say, well, gosh, why didn't you get more than your brother? Well, gosh, why didn't... Didn't he say he gave each of them to, to the measure of their capability, amen? They're running their own race. God didn't turn around and say, well, you had two, you should have got ten, he said, well done, good and faithful servant. He was faithful for what he had. Do you hear what I'm saying? Be faithful with what you have been entrusted with. Amen. Let's keep on going. The master said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. Now I will give you many responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man. Having crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Man, again, don't we do that sometimes? We just hide away our stuff. But out of fear, see what fear will do? It'll stop you from growing. It'll stop you from, from seeing interest multiplied, okay? He said, look, here's your money back. Don't let fear stop you, friends. 26. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvest crops that I didn't plant and gather crops I didn't cultivate... Why, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. 
Then he ordered, then, then he ordered, take the money from the servant and give it to the one with the ten bags of silver. To those who use well what they have, are given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But those, but from those who do nothing, we don't want to sit on the sidelines, amen. Even what little they have will be taken away. And he was real serious about this too. Look at this master dealt with this. He said, now throw the, this useless servant into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And that's a powerful message, isn't it? A powerful parallel of what God has for us. Jesus went away for a while in the flesh, but he's always left us with the Holy Spirit since Pentecost. Amen. So we're not alone. Amen. We've been entrusted with a great deal. We've been trusted. He's been entrusted with much, much authority. Amen. And also that he knows that what we're capable of. Now, the audience always say when you're studying the Bible, who are they talking to? What was going on? And as I studied this out, the scholars say that his audience was with the disciples and some Pharisees. And, of course, the Pharisees always were rejecting Jesus in his way of salvation. They were always rejecting him. But look at this. This also shows accountability. It shows the master's return and the praise of those who embrace his plans and the wrath and judgment for those who reject his plan. Amen. There's many people that reject his plan. Many people say, well, you know, I'm not going to invest in that. I'm going to invest in me. Amen. I'm going to invest in my stuff. I'm going to hear. Have you ever saw that bumper sticker? It's been a long time. It just popped in my mind. The one who dies with the most toys wins. Have you ever seen that? A lot of times I believe that we live our life that way. More stuff, more stuff, more stuff. Let's do this. Let's do this. But that's not what the Bible's showing at all. There's nothing wrong about being blessed by the Lord. Amen. But I'm going to tell you what, I believe that God blesses us so that we can be a blesser. Amen. I, I want you to hear that. I believe God blesses us so that we can be a blessing to others. Amen. Look back at those guys. You know, he took the five talents and turned it into, into, into ten. Man, that's amazing. And then the two and the four. But the one where we turn around and there was only one, that was just a mess of what's going on with that. So let's keep on rolling, all right? So sometimes I believe we need to have an inventory of life. Amen. Let's take a look here. I want to start with that inventory of life. Think about that for one second. How often do you take inventory of your life? I mention that from time to time. How often do you take inventory of your life? And I think that's a good thing for us to do from time to time. Do you ever step back and view your life from the backdrop of eternity? Think about that. Do you ever think about that? You know, a lot of times we just live for today. We just go on about our business and say, well, you know, I'm going to do that today. I want to do what makes me happy today. But I want to tell you what. There's a day that we give account for where we've been blessed and what we've done and how we use the gifting of the Lord. Amen. I want you guys to take a look at that. Take a look at this. I said, here's another question I ask, ask myself often. I want you to hear this right here. Is what I'm doing putting, the, putting most of my energy and, and whatever, let me just do it this way. I look at this in my life sometimes and I say, what I'm, I'm doing in my life and all the energy that I'm putting in, is it taking away from the things of the Lord or is it growing things of the Lord? How does that look up against the backdrop of Christ, amen, on the things we're doing? Does it bring forth any eternal value? Can you imagine living your whole life and never, never, never lifting one finger saying one word that would bring forth eternal dividends in somebody's life. Think about that. You say, well, I'm not a preacher. That's not my job. Well, let me tell you, everybody's been called to share the gospel. Amen. Everybody, if you're a believer, amen. Right? And if you're not a believer, we're supposed to tell them so they can become a believer. Amen. So that's the whole deal. So we can't say, well, I didn't know that's not my job. No. He said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Amen. 
So that's for us. That's a call for us. And I want you to hear that today. I, I don't want to come down on you. I want to lift you up. So I want you to hear this as an encouragement. We're in this thing together, amen. We're going to keep on rolling. We're going to, we're going to take the tools that the Lord's given us. We're going to take the power of the Holy Spirit in us and make a difference. But so we need to take an inventory of our life. And I said this, what I'm doing and what I'm investing in, is it bringing people to the Lord? Does it draw others to Christ? Does it, does what I'm doing, is it meeting, in, is, it, is it glorifying God? And if not, I need to reevaluate. There's nothing wrong with taking time for yourself. There's nothing wrong with any of that. Nothing wrong with your family time or any of those things. But let me tell you, think about in the course of your day, just for one minute, let's go yesterday. What did you do yesterday that glorifies God and draws others to Christ? Just take it down to one one little small thing. Today, what will you do that God will use you to glorify the Savior? And draw people close to our Heavenly Father. We've got opportunities all the time. Think about that. And ask God. Man, God, show me where you at work so I can jump in. You don't have to go it alone. We don't have to go it alone. A lot of times we get overwhelmed. We think, oh my gosh, I got to do I, I, I. What do we say? Man, what usually happens when I say I, I can't follow. But when I say he, I can follow. I want you all to remember that. So something else we can do is this right here. We're going to assess your circumstances. That's what we need to do. We're going to see, well, what, what's exactly going on in my life? I said, look where, I said, look where you are and ask, if I continue on this path, will I get to where I want to be? Now, some people might want to be climbing up the corporate ladder. I want to be the president of this. I want to be, why? And there's nothing wrong with that, but, but what are your motives? Is it just for you? Is it just, or, or maybe it's just, you might just say, well, I want to provide for my family. Well, I tell you what, I've talked in counsel. I, I say counsel. I've talked to a lot of people because I don't say I'm a counselor. I'm, I'm a guy that will just encourage you in the Lord. That's what I pray to be able to do. But I've talked to many people and many, many, many people and many families. And I can tell you in the 90 percentile, the kids would have, rather have you pouring in them than pouring in your job. It's not that they're not grateful that you provide for them. But Lord, help us to keep a balance. Amen. Help us to keep a balance where we spend that time and we invest in our families, right? See, that's what the devil wants to do. He wants to break that family up. If he breaks the family up, man, it's hard to to find a good spot to have them have a really good foundation to launch off into the Lord. But he can still do it because you know what? Christ will become the father to the fatherless. Amen. You know, I I don't know what your situation's been, but I'm going to tell you what. God will never leave you or forsake you. Y'all believe that? Absolutely. So we need to assess our circumstances to see what's going on there. And make an honest assessment of that. Sometimes it seems like we end up in two camps when we try to make an honest assessment of stuff. Because most of the time it's not an honest assessment. And what I mean by that is sometimes, oh, I'm not that bad off. I'm, I'm doing okay. I'll get back. I'll get that. Or the other person beats herself down. Just go to God and say, Lord, you know, what is it in my life that I'm putting before you? What am I putting it over you? Lord, I want you first in my life. So help me arrange my schedule. Help me arrange my thoughts. Help me arrange my giving. Help me arrange my doing, Lord, because I want to seek you first. And if he says you seek you first. I'll add all these things unto you. All right? So think about where our focus is. All right? Well, guess what else we got going on? We need to evaluate our options. <coughs> evaluate our options. 
Come on down here and take a look at this. I said, life is full of choices. Evaluate your options and pray for clarity for the next step. Amen. I've had people say, well, what's going on at the church? I said, God is, is, is saving people and people are coming and people are hearing the word and everything else. Are you going to buy a building? If God says so. <laughs> you know, if he says so. But I tell you what, we're blessed to have this place because we get to save. So when the right deal comes along, God says, that's the one. Amen. That's the one. Amen. Because I believe God wants his people debt free. Amen. I don't think he wants us to be worried. Oh, man, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? You know what? So we're going to rely and wait upon the Lord. We want to be good stewards of what God's doing. I appreciate everything you all do. But I want to tell you what. God's setting the timetable and God's setting, setting the whole, whole thing and the, the plan into motion. And he knows where we are. Amen. And we're going to continue to play, pray for that clarity and our ears to be open. So when God says move, we move. When he says, whoa, we whoa, amen? So that's what we want to do. And we're going to continue doing that because God's faithful. And I tell you what, God has grown a lot of things in this ministry from somebody getting a Bible track on Halloween night, 1995, to see all the smiley faces in here and people listening to the message all over the world because of your giving and your faithfulness and everything else and bringing people together with their gifts and their talents so that they can hear this all over the world. You know, Tim, next time, maybe next week we can pull up and see where the message has been going. Through the website and also um, the app that we have on smartphones, we can track where everybody has listened to the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And some of you have been here for a while, and we pull that up periodically. It is amazing. There's places all over the world I've never even heard of that I can't even pronounce. Malaysia. All these different places that they're hearing the message because of your faithfulness. Isn't that amazing? There's people that are hearing the message that will hear this message later on today that if they get caught listening to this message... It could cost them their life. But they say, you know what? It's, it's, it's worth it. Do you realize what that message has been entrusted to you? How important it is. Man, that's a powerful deal. Well, let's take a look at this. We need to apply our positives. And what I mean by that is there's a lot of good things in our life. Amen. There's a lot of good things. I said, this is what the Lord was showing me. We need to start from where you are. Okay. Start from what you have. Not from what, oh, I need to get first. Okay? Going along, let's just reel back a little bit. I know as a young man, I thought, well, man, if I had a job, if I could just make $10 an hour, whoo, if I could make $10 an hour, I'd be living large. And time went by and prices went up and things changed, right? And, and, and that didn't buy as much as I thought it was going to be. I'm just using that for example. Or I thought, well, man, if I just get that swimming pool in my backyard, <laughs> it must have been 30 years ago. I still can't swim. <laughs> Ain't that something? But see what I'm saying? Because I thought, man, if I could just, if I had a pool in my backyard, sure, I'd swim. Good thing I bought a four-foot high one because <laughs> I don't swim good. That's terrible, man. So you always think, once I get to this point, then I can do what God has me. Come on. You think, once I get a million dollars, I'm going to get, I, I heard people tell me this. They say, hey, man, you know what? When I hit the lottery, I'm going to buy a church for KTP. I said, I tell you what, keep your dollar and just come up and show, show up on Sunday. How about that? <laughs> it's okay. I guess they ain't hit the number. <laughs> but you know, it's always, when I get here, boy, it's going to be all right. Why don't we live today? Why don't we live today? We're always thinking, man, we're going to live tomorrow. We're going to live tomorrow. We're going to do this then when this happens. So I started looking at it. I said, man, we need to start where we are. Start from what you have. 
and look at what you have. Take a good, good evaluation of what, what we got there. We've got God's love. We've got God as a provider. We've got God as a redeemer. Amen. So the next time you get down, you need to count what you got. Amen. You want to see what you already have, even though the situation might be kind of rough. Evaluate what you have. Man, we have freedom. We have victory. And I said, what we need to do is be resourceful with our resources. Amen. Be faithful with what you have now. And then as we do that, just like we see with those talents of the servant, when we were faithful with what they got, he'll grow it. Amen. I'm not just talking about finances. That could be one of the things. But I'm talking about you apply that to anything in your life. You watch how it changes. Amen. I'll tell you, I just want to share this popped in my mind. I was very blessed to get the job that I got. Very blessed. And I knew nothing about the job that I had. But I was learning. I would take the prints. Nobody even showed me how to read, read a drawing. I just had to track stuff down. I, didn't, I, didn't, I went to college about, what, uh, nine weeks. Amen. And work at one of the most uh, high energy facilities that NASA has. And I would learn and I would follow the older guys around. And anytime they'd have somebody say, you want to go over here? I said, I'll go. I'll go. Because I knew I needed to learn. And every time they'd get ready to go, I, I mean, I didn't really want to. I could have got real comfortable. But I said, I'll go. I'll go. So I was a plant technician as time went by. They said, there's a senior technician job, but they're going to be using nitrogen. They're going to use methane. They're going to use propane. A lot of the stuff, I didn't, you know, hadn't even heard of it. Silene, I deal with stuff. If it leaks, it lights. The only ignition source it needs is air. <laughs> so if I get a little jumpy sometimes, it's because i got a dangerous job. But I know God's going before me. I'm just telling you all these things. And so when they went to look in the paperwork, guess what? The young guy who had went all over the places, guess what? I had to experience that. I used that opportunity to grow and go. Now, I'm not saying that I'm the smartest guy out there by a long way. There are some great people out there and on your jobs as well. But I tell you what, learn what you can from them and work with them. Amen. That's the whole thing. So time goes by. And this, and about a year ago, this is when this clicked in my mind. We had a new safety guy. He had been all over the United States working in places. And the guy, man, this is humbling. And I was showing the guy around the facility. He goes, dude, what type of degree do you have to have to work here? And I said, man, God's so good. God is so good because he had been all around, around all this dangerous stuff and all these different things. And when I got to show, I went, well, we do this and we do this and this is Mach 7 and this is, you know, 5,000 miles an hour and we got to be careful of this and this. And I was just, you know, just telling what I had learned over the time. And this is not a buddy thing, please. It's a God thing. And when he said, my gosh, man, what type of degree did, where did you go to college? Where did you go to school? How long have you been here and all this stuff? And I go, well, about half my life. So I'm invested. Invested. The reason I say those things is that God just put that in my mind. I kind of take it for granted. That's what I do. I learned that. That's what I do. That. But somebody coming up and seeing that go, man, how did you get there? I invested. I invested my time. And people invested in me. And I'll never forget that. So what I do when somebody else comes up, I want to invest in them. See? When I was teaching guitar some time back. My goal was this. I want my student to be better than me. That wasn't hard. <laughs> yeah. But what I'm saying is, I want, I, want, I want them to do everything they can. I want to show them how to do whatever. This is what I know, but don't stop there. Don't stop there. You know, we had uh, different guys come in, and, and Mike was playing guitar, and he was leading worship at a, at a church. And out of 12 of my students, about eight of them became worship leaders. 
Come on. Because when I started that, I said, I will use this as a tool in the ministry. And that's what God did with it. So whatever you do, if you lay it at the feet of the Lord, you watch him grow it in his time as we're faithful with those things. Again, please, but not say, oh, he's, he's got NASA running it. Like, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying I am so thankful for God to give me the opportunities that he's given me. That sometimes, even in the midst of that 30 years, I've been complacent. But when somebody spoke into my life, I said, my gosh, how in the world did you, are, are, are you able to do this? And the only answer I could come up with, which is the answer. Friend, God is good. Amen. Think about where God's got you. If you feel like you're in a dead end place or something like that, look where God has brought you. Amen. Look where God has brought you. Yeah, I'm not saying don't strive and keep going. I'm not saying don't keep on growing and, and learning and, and representing the Lord. But let's not get complacent. Not even on our jobs, not in our relationships, and not in our walk with the Lord. Amen. Let's keep on going. So, this will work right on time. See things to completion. Man, we start a lot of things and never finish them, though. Amen. Man, I heard more women say amen than guys. Are we in trouble? When, where I grew up at, my mom and dad had the same neighbor for years. And this guy, uh, Mr. Nelson, he was a fire chief. And everybody I know that's a fire chief, usually a fire person, they usually have a couple of jobs. You know? So his job evidently was starting projects. <laughs> and my dad would call him Project 25. I said, he said, I said, I was out there. I said, Dad, where you at? He said, I was out there talking to Project 25. <laughs> I said, Project 25? He said, Nelson. He said, I started everything. Man had a half a barbecue grill. I think he's still half a barbecue grill over there now. But he's still cooking on it. Stuff looked like this. They had to keep rolling the chicken back up like this because it rolled off the side. <laughs> That's right, remember, it wasn't rotisserie. Man, he'd start a garden. And it grow halfway up over his window and everything else he just dug out. I'm not kidding. All types of stuff. I look over there. He, he bust the window out. He had, something, he had a, a sliding glass door and broke it. Taped it. Put glass all in all the other house, part of the house. Windows everywhere. But he never got back to that. Hey, maybe he's doing the best he can. But I'm just saying, when we see things through completion to completion, there's something about that. We need to finish the good work that God's given us. Amen. So, you know what? It's not a bad thing. Everybody hear this now. It's not a bad thing to say no sometimes. I'm speaking to me. It's not a bad. You, sometimes you just can't do it anymore. You might want to finish what you started before you start something else. I'm looking at my wife. She didn't move her head, so I guess I'm okay. I got a couple of projects. And we got a list. And that list sometimes seems to grow. But isn't it something when you can... Say, man, you know what? That's finished. Let's move on to the next thing. Let's finish. Let's move on to the next thing. It's something about finishing well. God wants us to, to finish and finish well in our wall. I said, don't quit. Don't give up. Don't listen to the lies. Just press on and follow through. Trust the Lord. He will bring the increase. And I said, yes, you have been entrusted with much. Amen. You think about that. I'll, I'll just one little sideline. You know, when you go through a few things in your life, and you come out the other side, you find that you're very compassionate in those things. Amen? Maybe if you lost someone, you're more compassionate to somebody else that's going through that. Maybe if you've been without money or been sick. And I never forget, there was a time when we were changing different career fields and everything like that, and the money was getting tight. No, it was tighter than tight. How about that? 
And I thought, my gosh, man. And I get paid. And thank the Lord. Never was late on anything. God multiplied. Never was late on anything. Thank the Lord. Never. I thought about this. I have never. Y'all can tell by my side view. I have never wanted to be at hungry. You know? See, sometimes I had to start telling myself that. And I was in my garage. And I apologize if I told you before. But I think I need to tell this or something. I was in my garage, which is full. Amen. And I go, man, I just wrote those bills out. Lord, I said, I'm so tired of this lack. Every time I write the bills, there's some more bills coming in. Anybody feel like that sometimes? And the Lord spoke this just as loud as I'm going to tell you right now. He said, show me your lack. And I was in my garage. And I had one of these and two of them and five of them and two cars out front and all. There was no lack. It was a lack of following through. There was a lack of counting my blessings at the time. I thought I was. But when he spoke that into my heart, I thought, you know what? I could probably do with a whole lot less. But what happened, what God was showing me during that time is that I could do with a whole lot less. And I never forgot that. So when I see somebody that's going through a tough time, that's on my heart. Okay? When I, when I was doing street ministry, that was on my heart. Those different things. But you know what? We can take... What God's given us right here and right now. Lay it at the feet of Jesus. And I'm telling you, he'll multiply that. Amen. That's how God is so good to us. He has entrusted us with much. Everybody doing good? Amen. All right. Well, let's talk about this here. I said we need to love life today. Does anybody love life today? Does anybody love life today? I thought everybody, yeah. Yeah. I tell you what. You know what they say? I bet you there's a lot of people trade places with you right now. You know what I mean? There's people all over the world don't even have the opportunity to sit in a place to hear the message. Amen. Or whatever the case. And I, and I know you're grateful. But I just, wanna, I just want us to, to, to focus on that. And I'll tell you that I said so many people I meet seem to be so depressed with their life today. Amen. And I said, and I know, you know, I realize that everything in everybody's life is not peachy. You know. Not in my life all the time. But that's when I really have to start counting my blessings. That's when I have to kind of step back and say, well, wait a minute. What has God done for me? And man, that list just keeps growing when I start looking at it. And I look at that. And I said, but you know, this is what I found in talking to people over the last 17 years. And looking in the mirror and talking to this guy. If we, if I, would put as much energy in looking at what good God has brought in my life. Instead of focusing on what I don't like in the bad, I probably wouldn't have some of these wrinkles. Amen? I probably, I probably wouldn't have a, you know, a blood pressure that goes up and down all over the place at times. You know? But see, what happens is we start focusing on the have-nots instead of what we have. So today I pray that you focus on what you have. And I want to tell you, you have much in Jesus. Amen? You have a great deal in Christ. So let's keep on rolling with that. So we're going to love life today. I said live life today. I kind of hit on it a little while ago. You know, lots of, man, once I get this, I, I work with guys all the time. I share this as the, the best illustration I could ever come up with. They look at this now that with my age, I'm, I just turned 50. And a lot of guys I work with are about that age or a little bit older. And, and they're on the countdown for retirement. Well, that's great. But everything is based on when I retire. When I retire. And I think what's going to happen and what has happened with somebody, they put so much time in when I get to this point that they didn't do much living today. They didn't live today. And here's the real sad story. And this is only, there's a handful of guys I know they never got their, their first check. My uncle worked for the Ford company probably 40 years. 
The day that the man's retirement check came, he was in a casket. Can you believe that? My cousin and me were talking about it the other day. He said, man, Uncle Gus, he said, man, he worked hard. I said, yeah. Man, he worked at that Ford company since he was a boy. Finally retired. And my aunt said, isn't this something? The day they were burying my uncle was the day that he got his first check. Isn't that something? Friends, I'm going to tell you what. I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. But I tell you what, you're here right now. Let's live that. Let's enjoy that. I am not saying don't, don't worry about tomorrow or, or, or give tomorrow any mind. Man, God wants us to be good stewards. But I'm going to tell you what. If today was your last day and you knew it, how would you live different? Would you, would you hug your friends a little bit more? Would you, would you go ahead and let go of some of the stuff that really don't matter? Huh? Would you make a few more phone calls? Would you maybe say, I'm sorry? Would you receive some forgiveness? Would you give some forgiveness? Who's guaranteeing you tomorrow? Nobody's got to guarantee tomorrow. But you know what we've been blessed with today. So let's live it today. Let's love life today. Let's keep on rolling. So we got so many gifts in us, we ought to be able to share them, right? I said, we need to share our gift daily. I said, the gift of encouragement is a blessing. It builds up when everything else tries to tear you down. Encouragement doesn't cost anything, does it? It really doesn't if you just take a few minutes. And, and you know, I, I'm, I'm not saying you just go around, skip around life like little Susie Buttercup. Everything's great. You know what I mean? But you know what? There's got to be something you can find good in somebody. Amen? I will say that. Of all the things that I can think about my mom, she can find something good in most anybody. But you know what? It's because she looks for it. It's because she looks for it. We live like today. We don't look for it. We look. They're not like us. You're not like me. So there must be something wrong. She's not like me. He's not like me. I don't want you to be like me. I want us to be like Jesus. Amen. We need to be like Jesus. Lord help us with that. So we can share that gift. And you know what? That's the gift I want to share. To encourage people to be more like Jesus. For me to be more like Jesus. For me to share the love of life each and every day. Here's a, here's a good one for you right here. Everybody doing good? Say amen. amen. Give your past to God for a brighter future with God. Mm. See, that's the thing that when I tell you that I'm preaching to the couch. A lot of y'all that's been here for a while. Saturday night, I usually get up in my music room and I'm going over this. That's, that's one of those quiet time thoughts God gave me. You know? You know what? If people would just give their past to me, they'd have a brighter future with me. Man, that speaks for itself. So many times we let things that happened in the past that I am not undermining those. But I'm going to tell you what. Don't let your past try to drive your future. Because I'm going to tell you what. God said, you're forgiven. And he wants us to forgive others. I know that I might not know exactly what you're dealing with, but I'm going to tell you what God does. And he can heal and he can bring healing to your bodies. I'm sorry, excuse me. Let's keep on going. I got to thinking about some of this stuff here. And I thought, thinking about living life and, and sharing gifts and stuff. And I thought about when I lived in Fox Hill, I lived there for 10 years, and I had a great neighbor. My buddy lived across the street on the corner, and his grandparents lived next door to me. And I used to call his granddad Pops. Loved hanging out with Pops all the time. We would do all types of stuff together. That was my buddy. And, uh, and I, I found out that I was kind of a little bit of the scapegoat there. I had a conversion van, and he used to love to ride in that conversion van. And when grandma would start watching wrestling, as he would say, 
He said, he's in there watching rats. Let's go for a ride. I'll go for a ride. Then next thing you know, he said, why don't we stop by food line? I said, he said, just pull up at the door. I pull up at the door. And he come out with a little brown bag. <laughs> and I'm driving around. He's just taking it easy. I was a scapegoat there, man. I was like, hey, what's going on here? So I'm driving around. And he just said, all right, I'm ready to go back home. See, what is happening is I was his alibi because grandma wouldn't let him go drink no beer. Right? I was like, wait a minute. You're putting me in the middle here. This is not my, my mission. But over time, I spent time with my buddy. And he was in his 80s. And he would work hard. And he would tell me stories and everything else. But we enjoyed each other's company. Love spending time with that guy. And he would, he would have so many. He'd have 40 tomato plants. And he'd have all types of stuff. They're not not a piece of shade in his backyard. Now, I know I've told this, but some people haven't seen, told, heard this before. And, and we do a lot of stuff together. I said, Pops, you got to stop working so hard in the sun. Oh, I've been doing it all my life. I said, but man, you're 80 years old. You don't need to be out in that heat. Give me the wave off. I went home one day, and I'd always go out, let my dogs out and everything. Hot. About 3 o'clock. There he was. Laid over. All bent up on the ground. I said, oh, that old buzzer done did it now. He done died on me. I said, pop. Nothing. Pop. Shaking the fence. Me and my heart. It's like, I jumped that fence and I'm running over there trying to remember CPR. And I roll him over. He goes, get off me. <laughs> I said, what are you doing? He said, man, I got bursitis in my arm when I lay down here like this. That heat feels good. Well, I didn't see the little towel he was laying on. <laughs> I run over there. I thought I was going to save his life. He thought I was a weirdo. And, and man, Grandma Neil, she just said, boy, y'all are a pair. Y'all are a pair. Hey, he was living life. He did what he wanted to do. He'd come by and bring all those tomatoes. And he'd time it about the time I get home. He'd come over there. And he would sit on my couch. I thought about I told Jesse last night, so I started laughing. He'd sit on that couch. And he'd tell me a story. He said, how'd work go? And I was telling him about work. <laughs> he went right to sleep So I get up and do some stuff He's still asleep I get moving things around Start getting ready to fix some stuff He goes So he say work's going alright son I say yeah it's going alright <laughs> Well man he nod off of me in a minute man But you know what That guy really lived some life He really did And so what can I learn for those things You know be careful who you live next door to. <laughs> they probably say, that's the crazy. See, they thought, I, see, everybody else thought I was wild. I was in a rock and roll band. I was hanging out and everything. But that was my buddy. He never thought that. He never even, he didn't look at that. He didn't look at, he looked at this. You know? And he knew all he had to do was grab that phone. That was it. That was the time when we had police scanners. Anybody have police scanners? He had one, I had one, and my dad had one. And I was raising my little niece, and she was staying with me. We would watch MacGyver every day at 4 o'clock and eat Cheetos. Right? And we would do that. And my dad called me. And my dad said, son, something's going on next door. They just called an ambulance to go over there. Something's wrong. And I told my niece, I said, do not move out of that chair. And I ran over there, man. I didn't bang on no door. Whoa! He was just sitting there. He was in so much pain. And one of the arteries that goes around your back that goes to your heart was like Swiss cheese on that guy. And I ran across and got his grandson. I said, you doing all right? He goes, oh, man, it's hurts. He said, I'll be all right. He said, you, you, you just 
Go take care of the baby next time. I'll be all right. The last time I saw him. Isn't that something? In an instant like that, that was it. He never came back home. But I had all those other days that I spent with my friend. And that's probably been 30 years ago. And I'm still laughing about them. And I'm still blessed about them. You know, what am I saying here? Live your life today. Love some life today. Share your gift today. And let your past be in the past. And let the future be resting in what God has for you today. Amen? Amen. Let's keep on rolling here. Just about, just about finishing up. So, you know what? I believe God wants us to continue to build hope for tomorrow in our life. Amen? How do we do that? We can nurture our spirit with the Holy Spirit. When God gives you that nudge, when God gives you that whisper, when he says, go check on the person next door, when he says, you know what, let it ride. You ever had some conversations and, and just you get that, you know, it's like, maybe I just need to let it ride. And there's other times God said, no, you're going to stay in your ground. Be obedient to what the Lord is showing you. And I said, you know what? Mentor others as God mentors you. Mentor others as God mentors you. Let's keep going. Give thanks. Amen? Give thanks. I said, pour into others what God pours into you. Love, forgiveness, and hope. It's amazing. Anybody ever coach any sports? Anything like that? Do anything like that? I taught guitar, did a little coaching as the boys were going through there. And I can promise you this. There are times that you have to have a hard line. Hey, man, we're going to do this. But I can tell you this. I have seen people grow. So much more by finding what they could do good and focusing on that, pulling the gold out and said, let's keep going. Let's keep going. Oh, I can't catch good. But man, I tell you what, you're the best pitcher we got. Let's work on that. But don't forget what you already got. So you got this down. You can find something good in everybody if you look. But sometimes, you know what? The problem is we don't put on the lens of the Lord and see him as he sees him. Amen. Lord, help us to see others like you see him. Amen. Be a giver of kindness. Man, it doesn't cost you nothing to encourage somebody. You know what's so funny nowadays is what I see when you try to encourage somebody? Somebody thinks you want something. They do a lot of times. They say, Shirley, well, I like to give somebody a compliment and keep on walking. They don't want nothing. Don't want anything. Hey, man, that's, that's, man, that's great. Hey, you look like you're feeling good today. Hey, you know, that's great. Whatever. I don't want anything in, in return. I just want to brighten their day a little bit. And guess what? If you brighten their day, they're going to bring that light to somebody else. And next thing you know, we start seeing mirror Christ everywhere and reflection of God. Amen. And that goes with this statement right here. I said, work to unify the body by being Christ-centered examples. Amen. Being Christ-centered examples. I'll be first to tell you that I'm not always a Christ-centered example. But you know what? Thank God for forgiveness and fresh starts. Amen. Amen. I thought about this and I, I, I think about my children a lot of times when I'm thinking about how good God is to me. How gracious God is to me. Now, when Jesse was born, I was 35. All right? There's eight years difference between my boys. i never forget this. Me and Thomas got our black belts at the same time. Right? And we were running and training. The first thing you got to do is like run five miles. I don't even think I can crawl five miles now. But anyway, I remember right where we were on River Road. And Jesse was just born. And we were running. We had just got our black belts. We still staying on top. And we got right down there past Miss Gaines' house. And Tom said, Dad, just think, in eight more years, you could do this with Jesse. And I thought, there ain't no way. I'm done, dude. 
I got my, I got my little badge and I'm done. So I did. And we worked with some stuff and just tried, did that for a while. And he liked soccer and he liked a lot of different things. But as my body changed, my heart changed as well. And God was still feeding me in all these things. And I started seeing how you're a little bit more patient, a little bit. That's why grandparents are amazing, right? Why do most grandkids want to go see Grandma and Pawpaw? Because they can do whatever they want, right? For the most part. I was sitting there thinking, Jesse, at the time was both, they were real close with my dad. And, and Jesse got to spend a little bit more time because my dad was retired then. And when he was over there with my dad, you couldn't put two foot in between them. All the time, he was right with my dad. Right with my dad, all the time. That's amazing. And I thought, if I was that close, my dad would get away from me. Back up. I remember one time we were going to West Virginia. I kept saying, are we here yet? Are we here yet? Are we here yet? And he had a burger, man. He goes, what? Sit down. We're not there yet. <laughs> then he's like, wow. Well, you know, time will mellow you out, usually. And you start seeing things a little different. So you know what? I still run the patterns the best I can. I, sometimes I have to be the quarterback and Jesse has to run. But I still do those things. But you know what? I'm so grateful that when I have my children, that God continues to still grow me. I'm not the same guy, right? He's molded me more and more into the image of Christ so I can speak into his life and speak into her life and their life and all those things. And so I'm just so grateful for that. And by that, you know, a lot of times, man, when you're young, you just, I don't know, for me, I thought, man, well, you know what? I know how to fix that. That's how we're going to do it. That's how we're going to do it. Karate helped me with that. It don't work that way. They will not let you leave until somebody beats you. <laughs> and my dad said, I can't believe you spent all that money for somebody to whip you. I said, well, let me just show you what's happening. You know, me and my dad had a great relationship. And my mom would say, my dad's name was Buddy too. She said, Buddy don't, Buddy don't. I said, all right, you ready, Pops? I get him, I get him around like this. I got him like that. I said, my dad's chewed tobacco. Just like that. <laughs> Ain't worried about nothing. Old coal miner, man. He said, you got me? I said, I, got, I was about 18 then. I said, I got, I said, I got you. I done had a couple of karate lessons. I got him right there, and I put my chin on his neck like that. I was, was going to show him who's boss. No, we're just playing. I can hear my mom. The last thing I heard was, buddy, don't. And my dad went, whoo! <laughs> and I just went just like that. All the way down to his ankles. <laughs> he said, boy, I think you're wasting your money. <laughs> You know, those are the things that you remember. And I tell you what, I wouldn't take anything for those times. Invest in others, man. Let God invest in you so you can invest in others. And I love the statement. I'm going to read it again. Work to unify the body by being Christ-centered on everything that you do. Amen. I'm going to give you a little something here. I always say, what's your takeaway? Poor Tim gets us every time when we leave. We go eat. And I try to catch him off guard. And this is the question I ask him. I go, what was your takeaway today? He goes, oh, I wasn't ready. And then sometimes when I know he's ready, I won't ask him. <laughs> I love that. What is your takeaway? What I mean, what, what did you get out of the sermon today? What did you get out of the sermon today that you're going to apply today and you're going to apply through the week? What's your takeaway? Well, I'm going to share some of my takeaways from what God showed me teaching me through this week. What God showed me we've all been entrusted with much, Amen. I said, your life is a chest, uh, just a chest filled with treasure from heaven to share with the world. Something else the Lord showed me. 
we have been empowered with more. Mm. With much more. Look at all the things that God's put in your life. Look at all the people that God's put in your life. And here's one last thing. We are enlisted and called. I said, as a child of God, we need to invest in the kingdom of God. I said, don't waste your gift. And don't put it off till tomorrow, amen? Because God has something for you today to share with somebody. I don't know what it is, but I pray through this message today that you know what we see through those folks investing back in the things of the kingdom, that they know it's worth it all. I tell you what, I don't know how long I'll be here, and that's okay because I know where I'm going because of what Christ has done. But I do know this. I want to make the most of every opportunity for people to know Jesus. Amen. Yeah, even when I mess up, that's still in my heart. You know? Even when I don't go about it right, that's still in my heart. That's, that's, that I want people to know that they matter. See, that's what God poured in my heart. That you tell them, show them, teach them, tell them. That's what the Lord spoke into my life. What is God showing you? Let us pray. Father God, I thank you today for your message. I thank you that we're entrusted with, with such a great message. We're entrusted with so many things, Lord, that you've given us. And so today, I pray each one takes a little inventory of their life. I pray that each one loves the life that they have today. And I pray, Lord, that we build hope into tomorrow and share the love of Christ with, with one another today. While you're sitting there praying, I want to ask you this question right here. Is there someone that you know that needs Jesus? Whether it's in your family, whether it's your neighbor, on your job, somebody you grew up with. I want you to think about that one person that you know that needs Jesus. Now, Lord, show us how to be a mirror of Christ to them. It might be a phone call. It might be a letter. Does anybody write them anymore? Not too many folks. I tell you, when I get a note like that, I hold on to it. That's amazing. Maybe it's a phone call. I don't know. Now I'm going to ask you another question. Do you know Christ? Have you received what God's given you? Have you entrusted what God has given you? Eternal life through Jesus Christ by the perfect sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. If that's you today, let me tell you, it's on the tip of your tongue. God says if we confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart and God raise him from the dead, you will be saved. If that's you today, I pray you pray that prayer and ask, invite the Lord to come into your life and forgive you as you, of your sin. If you're here today and you say, man, it's, it's, I hear what you're saying, but I'm going through a tough time. I, I, I've really been struggling and you know, let me tell you what. Take what God's put in you and let God work it through you. Holy Spirit that rose Jesus Christ from the dead for every believer has the Holy Spirit living in you. Ask Lord for wisdom. Ask Him for, for, for opportunities and then see Him to completion. And don't think for one minute you've got to do it alone. God will put people in your life to help you along the way. And I pray that we're the church family to do that because we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord a hand clap. Praise God. What's your takeaway? <laughs> All right. Well, I tell you what, we're going to share a song with you. And, uh,